Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. We're going to start something today that I'm just going to kind of call it just, we're going to call it Jesus people, okay? We're going to call it Jesus people. Um, This is a big topic with me and Jess, and we'll get into it. We're going to kind of talk about this for the next few weeks. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During the time the devil came to him, he said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scripture says, People don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city of Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you're the son of God, jump off, the scripture says. And he will order his angels to protect you and hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. But Jesus responded, no, the scriptures say you must not test your Lord your God. Verse 8, the next day the devil took him to the highest peak of the mountains and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. He said this, I'll give them to you. I'm going to pause here just for a second. Why does he say, I'll give him to you? Because he's the prince of this world. When Adam and Eve sinned, when they ate of the tree, they actually gave ownership of the world. God had given ownership to the sons of men of the entire world, and they released that. So a lot of times... In this world, we go, why, man, why, why are people going through these things? Why are people going through these hardships? Why, why are there you know, droughts? Why, are, why is there all these different things? Listen, the devil is the prince of this earth. And so legally, he is offering Jesus something that he legally owns, okay? He said, I'll give it to you. He says, if you will kneel down and worship me. Verse 10, get out of here, Satan. Oh, I love that. Love that. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we're so thankful for the word of God. But Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit would come and flood this place. It's just words. It's It's just another message if you don't. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you to reveal Jesus, to reveal the meaning, to shape our lives today. We love you. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Give it up for the worship team this morning. Get real loud. They were wonderful. So good. Okay, Um, I recently came across an article that talked about Christianity in 2023. And they were asking uh, this group of people this question. They asked this group and they said, explain to us the difference between your Christian friends and your non-Christian friends. I thought, man, that's really interesting, you know? And, And then I was like really interested to see like, well, what was their response? Nine out of 10 people in this uh, survey all said this, that there was nothing. That the only difference was that their Christian friends went to church and that they didn't. 
this was the study, that nine out of 10 people said that their Christian friends were no different than them. They just saw them going to church, and they just saw that they had chosen not to go to church, but that their lives looked identical in the way they lived it. And so this is a pretty big topic, I'll be honest with you, between me and Jess currently. Um, I'll be honest with you, we're gonna take some time off late July, early August, but every summer, it's kind of a moment that Jess and I just kind of take an evaluation and just kind of go, where are we? Where are we personally? Where are we as a church? You know, we're asking questions like, you know, why does Elevate Church matter? What is, what is the ultimate purpose of this house, that God has an ultimate purpose for why we're here in this season, in this time, for what God's calling us to do. And we're asking some, some big questions, and there's, there's a lot of things that we know and we understand, but we're always asking the Lord, God, what are you doing in this next season? That's so important, okay? Because listen, God is moving, and so we're asking God, what are you doing in this next season? And, and we're asking questions like, does it elevate produce what? What do we produce as a church? Do we produce just good, spiritual people that would actually fall into this category? Category where people would go, I don't really know any difference between them or somebody that doesn't go to church. It's a great question, right? Or are we producing what I would call Jesus people, okay? Because I actually don't even like this, like, word Christianity. And I don't even like this word, like, you know, just I, I'm a Christian, okay? Because you could ask, you know, 20 people on the street if they're a Christian, and you'd probably get 12 of them to say yes, okay, right? I am really interested in this idea of what I say, Jesus people. Jesus people are people who follow Jesus, who want to be like Jesus, that want to look like Jesus. Now, listen, are we perfect in that? No. Okay, and I can testify, if you got close enough to me, you would see a bunch of cracks, right? Things that I do that I'm always not, you know, super happy that I do, things that I say that I'm not always excited that I say, right? But in the core of me, in my heart of hearts, there is a depth in me that goes, I want to become more like Jesus, like, the goal is not to stay who I am today. The goal is not to just dwell where I am at today. The goal is to become more like Jesus and to look more like Jesus. And so we're gonna just kind of dive into this this summer, this idea of, like, who are we as a church? Because here's what I truly believe. I truly believe this. People are not truly looking for just a religious experience, Okay, I mean, and listen, they, look, and I'll tell you why I know this, because, because people go to religious experiences all the time, and they're in and out, and they just kind of jump in like every six or seven weeks to try to make themselves feel better. It doesn't really change anything. It, it doesn't really affect their life. It doesn't really mean anything deep in them. And I really believe that when people find that version of of what we would consider that version of church or Jesus or whatever, I actually think it leaves them disappointed. And that's why they don't go more often, right? Because it's like, I would show up more if the power of God was there. I would show up more if I felt his presence. I would show up more if like this 
this thing, this Jesus that you're talking about was actually changing the fabric of my life. Amen? Can I get amen for that? Okay. So we're going to talk about what a Jesus person looks like this summer. And, and so today, we're going to start with this word, temptation. Okay? Can I get um, a hand raise from anybody that deals with temptation? Okay. All right. Very rarely do I get 100% participation, okay? That was, that was 100%. And I appreciate none of you are lying in the house of God. I, I thank you for being honest. Um, now, let me, let me rephrase this question. How many of you would say, even when I'm super close to Jesus, I still deal with temptation? Yeah. Why? Because we're humans, right? We're people. We have flesh, Right, Flesh that doesn't want to submit to Jesus. Flesh that doesn't want to submit to the word of God. Flesh that is just carnal in nature. So today we're gonna talk about temptation, okay? So point number one today, if you're taking notes, is this. Um, heart revealed. Heart revealed. Uh, verse one. So then Jesus was led by the Spirit, which I think is really an interesting viewpoint that the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. That, that there was something in the wilderness that wasn't in, I guess, we would call the like promised land, right? That there was actually something in the wilderness, this dry place, this, this lonely place, that, that there was this place in the wilderness that God had in store for, for Jesus in that morning, in that moment. It said he was led into the wilderness to be tempted right, by the devil, okay? So that poses the question, why was Jesus led to be tempted, right? I mean, he's Jesus, but we have to remember something. Jesus is a man in this situation, right? He's a man. So Jesus is led to be tempted, why? Because he has to overcome so that we could overcome, right? Because if Jesus doesn't overcome, how are we supposed to overcome? So as a man, as a human, you know, Jesus puts on flesh, right? And has to be led and it has to be tempted just like we're tempted, right? Because I'm gonna show you this amazing passage in Hebrews chapter four, okay? Hebrews chapter four, verse 14, it says this. So then, since we have such a great high priest, who's that great high priest? Is Jesus, right? Jesus is interceding for you, right? The blood of Jesus is covering you, right? Jesus is our great high priest who has entered into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. What do we believe? We believe in Jesus. We believe in the cross. We believe in the resurrection of Jesus. We believe in the righteousness of God. We believe that by his stripes we are healed. We believe that we are overcomers because he's an overcomer. Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? So this is what we believe. It says, hold tight to this. Hold firm to this, okay? Verse 15, this high priest understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testing that we do, yet he didn't sin. So let's come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. 
And there we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Okay, so there are three amazing things that we see in this passage about when we come to the throne of grace, when we boldly come to the throne of grace. And so you're like, well, what, what does that look like? Well, you know, obviously that looks like Sunday mornings at church. We're coming to the throne of grace. We're coming to worship him. But that also means that you find moments in your daily. You find moments in your week, right? I don't care if it's in the car. I don't care. I've seen people who have taken closets in their room. They make a prayer closet. I don't care if it's out in the woods. I don't care what that looks like. But that there's a moment for you that you are coming boldly to the throne of grace because it shows us there's three things we're going to see receive. Number one is this, understanding. Okay, understanding, meaning what? Jesus really understands you and understands what you face and what you go through, meaning like this. How many times a week do you find yourself thinking to yourself, why am I so weak? Can I get an amen for anybody like that, right? Right, how many times during the week you're just like, I can't believe myself, I can't understand myself. I can't even wrap my brain why I reacted this way. This this actually happened to me this week, okay? Terry, can can you raise your hand? Okay. This is Terry Fisher. Can everybody say hi to Terry, okay? Okay. Listen, I just I, I love Terry Fisher. I, I mean, he's just a wonderful like just so sweet, like just radiates Jesus, just an awesome Awesome man of God, love Terry. I, I just, I really do. I'm, I'm not just saying this. I really love Terry. Okay, and so we had golf league this week, and 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 I was paired to play with Terry Fisher, and I was really excited. I was I was playing with Terry and his son, and 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 we were having a great time, except for that I couldn't hit my driver this week. I mean, I just could not hit my driver, and so we finally get to about the sixth hole, and I shanked my driver for the sixth time, and I just pulled this driver back, and my partner, Braden, I could hear him go, no, just yell, no, and I take this driver, and I just throw it as far as I can, and I mean, like, I, at this point, all I see is red in my brain. Can I get, you know, an understanding from anybody, okay? I don't care if this driver breaks. I don't care if it goes in the woods or the ocean, wherever it goes. I am done with this driver, okay? So I just chuck this driver, and then I just slowly walk to the driver to pick up my driver. And I'm thinking, why am I doing this in front of Terry Fisher? I love I love Terry Fisher. Why, why am I acting like a crazy person right now? Like I have no sense in my brain. Can anybody understand me, okay? Right? You have moments. You're weak. You're weak, why? Because you have flesh. Jesus goes, I understand this. I put on flesh. You have moments you think, why did I freak out in my kid's game? Why, why am I that person? Why, why, why were people taking videos of me that I know are gonna go viral? <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw, there was a video this weekend, this dad and this ref, they got into a fist fight. I mean, a fist fight, right? But you, I mean, some of you are real close, let's just be honest, okay? You know, you're thinking like, why am I never satisfied? 
Why do I feel like I can't get a grip on life? Why do I feel like I'm so bad with my words? And, and, and we have these feelings like, like, can I just get it together? And here, I want to encourage you with something today. Because I think the prevailing feeling and thought in these moments, when these moments happen in life, is to not come to Jesus, but to run from Jesus, right? And the enemy plays with us. And, and I want to encourage you with this. There has never been a time, never been a time, and there's been some really hard, embarrassing moments in my life that I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I was in that moment. But I can tell you this. I've never came to Jesus and received anger or disapproval from him. Never. I've always come to the Lord and him going, I understand. Now, it's not him approving of my actions. You know what I mean? It's not him saying, you know, like, just keep living in that. It doesn't matter. But it's him going, I understand. I remember when I had flesh. I remember what it was like to feel those feelings. Now, thank God he overcame those feelings, right? But I'm so thankful that I serve a God that understands me because he put on flesh just like I have, amen? So that's the first thing that we receive. The second thing we receive, it talks about, is this. We receive mercy, mercy, okay? Has anybody ever covered you when you made a mistake? You know, I remember uh, my friend Taka, Pastor Taka, that spoke um, about a month and a half ago. Uh, when I first came to Jesus, when I first was, you know, you know, following Jesus, I had a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of moments that I was doing really well, and then there was a lot of moments where I wasn't doing well. And I remember this one moment, this one season where I just had a really rough few weeks. And um, if I remember right, I think it was, I think it was right around my birthday, which my birthday was always hard because my, my grandfather passed away on my birthday when I was 11. So it was just a rough little patch. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have some seasons like that where I was just in a rough moment. And uh, it was a pretty rough moment. And I remember our youth pastor, Pastor Jeannie Mayo, came to Taka and she was like, like, get him out of here. I was, I was pseudo in leadership, and, and I'll be honest with you, I just was giving Jesus a bad name, and I wasn't a great example. And, and I remember she came to talk, and she said, just, just get, him, get him out of here. Like, he's just, he's a mess. Get him out of here. And, and Taka just begged her, please don't do this. I don't, and I remember... Taka told me, and we were even talking about this when he was just here in town. He goes, I don't even know why those words came out of my mouth because in my heart I thought, yeah, get him out of my life. He's a mess, you know? But he said, these words just came, just don't do this, Jeannie. What was that? It's just, it's, it was the mercy of God, right? And so, so it's mercy that we don't deserve. So when we boldly come to the throne of grace, what do we, we receive? Understanding? from God, and then he goes, here's mercy that I paid for. Here's mercy that I purchased with my own body in my blood. Here's mercy that you don't deserve. Here you go, I'm gonna give you mercy for this moment. But then there's this third thing he gives us is this, it's the grace. The grace, to what? To help us, 
to actually help us. So let me give you a few verses about, about giving grace and the power to overcome. It says Romans 12, verse 21, it says, don't let evil conquer you, okay? This isn't God's plan for evil to conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. How do you even do good in this life? It's through the grace of God. It's through his strength, his ability. First John chapter five, verse four says, for every child of God defeats this evil world, okay? And we achieve this through our faith. Romans 8, verse 37 says this, no, despite all things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. That's a great, that's a great word at the end. It says that Christ loves you. Meaning what? He's not angry with you. He's not frustrated with you. He understands you, that the God of the universe is actually for you and working for you, and he's not working against you, and he loves you, and he accepts you, and he wants you. Come on. It's a good word. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, but thank God. He gives us victory over sin and death through the Lord Jesus Christ. So listen, what am I saying today? Jesus people, Jesus people, not religious people. Because religious people just go, I'm just gonna tag Jesus onto my life. Right? It's just like pinning something to their Pinterest. So I'm just gonna pin some Jesus here, Right? But Jesus' people, okay, are designed to what? To overcome. You're designed to overcome. In the heart of God, okay, I want you to see this. In the heart of God, God sees you not for who you are today, but for who you will become, okay? He doesn't see you in today. He sees you down the road, and he sees you what? as a victorious overcomer, okay? He sees you conquering things that have dominated your life for years and years and years, amen? And listen, listen. I know when I say that, you're, you're instantly thinking about things in your life. You're like, man, I just haven't been able to conquer that. I haven't been able to conquer my tongue. I haven't been able to conquer this attitude. I haven't been able to conquer this addiction. I haven't been able to conquer this. And Jesus goes, no, I see you overcoming it. I see you winning that battle. I remember it was about 19 years ago. And um, I went on a trip. And um, I'm driving and I'm driving by myself. And I think I was about 60 miles out, 50, 60 miles, one of those out. And um, I saw a billboard and it said like 50 miles Lion's Den store. And if anybody knows what that store is, you know that's not a really great store, right? And I know I just made everybody super nervous and your butthole's like clenching right now and you're like, oh my gosh, we're going there right now? Yeah, we are. You know why we're going there? Because you need to see what victory looks like, okay? Because from about the age of 12, I had an ongoing fight with pornography. And it just felt like I was never gonna get over it. It just felt like the enemy won over and over again. It just felt like I was just stuck, right? I was just stuck in the mud. I just couldn't 
get past it. And I remember I saw the sign, and instantly, like, overwhelming temptation came over me. And you know what I'm talking about. Now, here's the deal. Everybody's temptation is different. And I don't know what your temptation is, but you know what it's like when that overwhelming temptation came over you. And I remember this overwhelming temptation came over me, and I just started, I just said, Lord, I just thank you. I'm in the car, I'm like by myself, and I'm like, I'm just thanking you, God, that I have strength right now. And then I got to about 30 miles, I saw another sign, right? And more temptation came. And then I got to about 10 miles, and then I'll never forget, I got to like five miles. Like, I can feel it now. Like, I, I know what that day was like. I was like five miles out, and I remember the temptation was so strong that I was like shaking. You know what I'm talking about? That those things in your life that have gripped you for so long and has such a stronghold in your mind, in your heart, and that temptation comes, and I'm like literally shaking, but I'm praying, right? I'm praying, I'm coming what? I'm coming boldly to the throne of grace, right? To find what? Help right, to find help in the moment that I needed help. And I remember I'm like shaking, and I'll never forget driving past it. I remember I crossed it, and I crossed the exit, and as soon as I crossed the exit in my car, I just broke down in tears. Because I had overcome. The grace of God was enough. His strength was enough. And it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, thank God. God, thank you, Jesus, that you are enough. Thank you, God, for your strength. Thank you, God, that you empowered me to do something I can't do in my own flesh, but by your power and your strength, I have overcome. Amen? You can overcome. You're designed to overcome. You're designed to be victorious in this life. Jesus' people, Jesus' people, Press in to God and go, God, thank you that I know that I'm not who I'm wanting to be today, right? I mean, there's a lot of things still today. I'm like, that's not who I want to be today, but I'm thanking God every day that I'm the righteousness of Christ and I'm becoming more and more like him as a Jesus person. Amen, amen? All right, point, point number two. I'm gonna call it bread. Any bread fans in the house? Anybody hungry for some bread right now? Yeah, yeah, I know, I just made you, I just lost all of you when I said that, okay. Matthew chapter four, verse two through four says, for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and become very hungry. During that time, the devil came. I thought, man, that's so interesting. Here's Jesus and he's, he's tired and he's worn out, right? Just like we get. Right? You, you work some long shifts. You have, you know, some crazy children. Can I get an amen for crazy children? Right? You know, you're, you're working hard. You're, you're trying to provide. You're taking care of children and little ones. And, you know, you're going through life. And, and there's these seasons and these days where you feel like, like, I don't know if we're winning. I think we're just surviving. <laughs> We're just getting to the next morning. We're getting to the next week. We're getting to the next month. And you're tired. And Jesus was tired. He had been in the wilderness for 40 days. He had been fasting. He's hungry, right? His flesh, his flesh is tired. 
And who shows up? The devil. The devil knows when to show up. Doesn't he? The devil knows when you feel like your head is kicked in. The devil knows when you feel like you are like on the last straw, like you're about to break. Right? He knows those feelings, and, and it's, isn't it interesting? He'll just show up at that moment with what? Temptation. Right? Like you need a break. You need a little reward. You need a little something right now. And here's the devil, he shows up, and he says, if you're the son of God, which is so interesting, because here's the deal. What does he know? He knows he's the son of God, right? He knows. He was in heaven. He was a worship leader in heaven. Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, they created him. And he says, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, now why does the devil say if? He says if because he is always going to question your identity, right? Even Jesus, he goes, I'm gonna question if, not that you are, if you're the son of God. So how does he question us? He'll come into our lives and he'll go, are you sure you're saved? Right? Because how many of you know there's a lot of days you feel like you're not? There's a lot of days you're like, ooh, I don't know, man. I, man, Jesus, don't come back today. This is not the day, right? This is not the day the Lord has made, right? This is the day the devil has made, and I've been hanging out with him all day, right? You're like, today's not the day. He'll go, are you sure you're saved? He'll come in and he'll go, are you, are you sure you believe all this God stuff? What if, you know, maybe it's all fake, maybe it's all made up, maybe it's just your emotions. Do you really believe this? He'll come in, he'll, you know, this is a big one, this is a really big one. He'll go, you know, God doesn't approve of you. And we take that one hook, line, and sinker because you're like, yeah, because I don't approve of myself. <laughs> right? You have some moments in your life and you're like, you're really frustrated at yourself. You're really down on yourself. You're really, you're like, really, I did that again? Really, I said that again? Really, I responded that way again? Really, I treated my spouse that way? Really, I freaked out on the kids again? Really, really, I sent that email? Really, I, 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 I mentioned that in the comments? And, and you're frustrated at yourself, so the enemy comes and he just dangles it out there. You know, God doesn't approve of you. And you're like, yeah, he doesn't. Because I don't approve of myself. And he'll come in and he'll get you to question things, right? And once you start questioning your identity, the, the moment you start wondering, am I really a child of God? Like, am I really a son of God? Am I really a daughter of God? He's got you. He's got you in the palm of his hand. But Jesus says this. He goes, but Jesus said, no, the scriptures say. And, and, and we're gonna actually look at this passage over the next couple weeks because there's so much here. But I love his response. 
Jesus never responded out of his flesh or his emotions. That was really critical because he was really tired and really weak. And, and I don't know about you, but I know when I'm really tired and weak, there's a lot of moments that I don't respond out of the spirit of God. I respond out of my emotion. I respond out of what I feel at the moment. And he doesn't. He says, no, 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 the scripture. Why is he quoting the scripture? Because the word of God has power. The word of God has power to help you overcome. Right? So he goes, no, the word of God says this. People don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So we got to understand this, this thing, bread, right? Because there's the bread that comes from, from God, the word of God, and then there's a different bread the enemy is going to come because the enemy will always try to give you a dupe, right? The enemy is always going to try to give you a knockoff version of God to satisfy you. So what do I know about bread? Bread does three things. It satisfies us. It gives us energy in our body, and it gives us strength, right? So the enemy will always come with a dupe in your life. Like, number one, he'll try to satisfy you with things like wrong relationships. Relationships like people that are not Jesus people that are actually gonna lead you astray. And it's so funny, because I see this all the time in the church. People will go, oh my gosh, this relationship just came out of nowhere. Maybe, it's a, maybe it is like a dating relationship, but sometimes it's even like, sometimes it's a business relationship. And you're like, oh my gosh, I know God's working in this moment. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that's God. That person doesn't have your best intentions in mind. That person has their best intentions in mind. That person doesn't really, truly love Jesus. And he'll bring the wrong relationship into your life to try to satisfy you. He'll try to satisfy you with a little bit of fame. You know, I, I know that, you know, none of us have worldwide fame, but maybe you have some local fame. Maybe you have some neighborhood fame. Maybe you got some fame in your, in your office, right? And it feels good. He'll try to satisfy you with that. He'll try to satisfy you with some status, some power. He'll try to satisfy you with some money. You're like, well, he's not doing a great job. I mean, he could bring some more money. <laughs> He'll try to satisfy you with some, some success. You find yourself in the success eating the bread, right? Or how about this, energy, right? He'll bring some bread to give you some energy, meaning what, like some quick hits of dopamine, some quick social media hits right? Just give you a little bit of dopamine. Maybe it's an amazing post that you posted and it got like, it actually got like more than five likes. It got like 30 likes and you're like, oh my gosh, I made it. I'm an influencer. You know what I mean? I got 30 likes. Holy cow. Maybe it's a win. Maybe you won an award. Maybe your kids, right? Chasing wins, they won a tournament, they won a, you know, award, gives you a quick hit, some energy, maybe it's a purchase that you make, right? You make this purchase and all of a sudden you're like, you feel energized. And the enemy goes, yeah, I keep eating my bread. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's strength. Maybe you find, you know, strength in your image, your physical physique, your ability, your talents, See, Jesus' people don't live on that bread. 
and, and, here, and here's what I want to I clarify. Because a lot of times when I say these things, I think people that sit in a crowd think like, oh, these things are bad. They're not bad. They just weren't meant to satisfy you. Right? That's not what's supposed to satisfy you. That's not the bread that Jesus is talking about. Jesus people go, I, I want the bread of life. Because here's, here's what Jesus people know. Okay? Jesus people know this. If I get too much of that bread, it's gonna what? It's gonna make me sick. You ever ate too much bread? And you're like, oh, I'm gonna throw up. Right? You feel nauseous, right? You feel like there's a rock in your stomach. And you're like, I overate bread. Listen, there are moments in this life that you're going, oh, I ate too much of the world. I've been feasting on the world. I've been trying to find my satisfaction. I've been trying to find my identity. I've been trying to find my hope. I've been trying to find my peace. I've been trying to find my joy in this bread of the world. And Jesus goes, no, 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 you don't live on that bread. That's not the bread that's gonna satisfy you. Jesus people don't live on that bread. Jesus people go, we live on the word of God. This is what we live on. It's our strength, it's our hope, it's our joy, it's our rock, it's our foundation, it's our victory, it's our hope. We live on the word of God. We live on that and we go, you know what, I, I, I don't need a bunch of world bread. I actually need some other things in my diet. Like what? Like the fruit. Bible talks about the fruit. Galatians chapter five, verse 16 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life, right? The Holy Spirit's there to be like a GPS. You know when the GPS is like telling you, turn left, merge on the right, you know what I mean? The Holy Spirit will come and go, don't hate. Don't be hateful right now. Holy Spirit will come and go, hey, love in this moment when you don't wanna love. The Holy Spirit will come and go, be kind, be joyful, forgive. Says, then it says this, so you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Your sinful nature wants to be sinful. Right? It says this, the sinful nature wants to do what is evil. It was just as opposite of the spirit. The spirit wants to give you desires that are opposite of, of the sinful nature. So these two forces are constantly fighting against so that you're not free to carry what out? Your good intentions. But here's what it, verse 22 says. But the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit, the word of God, when you mix these things together in your life, as Jesus people should, right? In your daily life, Jesus people go, I need the word, I need the spirit, I need these things actively in my life because can I just be really honest with you? You are never going to be strong enough to overcome unless what happens here on Sunday translates into your everyday life. You'll never overcome. And you'll get frustrated and you'll get weary and you'll get tired and that's where lots of people end up walking away from the church because they can never overcome. Why? Because it never translated into Tuesday. The word of God never translated into a Thursday, right? But when you take the word of God and the spirit of the Lord, it says this is what happens when the Holy Spirit produces this fruit. 
in our life. It produces love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And I need more of that, Jesus. It says, those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed what? They've nailed their passions, right? The passion for what? The passion for sin, the passion for this world. They've nailed these passions and desires to his cross and crucified them there. That's what Jesus people do. Jesus people go, I'm not who I wanna be today. But I see Jesus, and I see who he is, and I want to be like him. I want to act like him. I want to talk like him. I want to live like him. I want to be like him. I want more Jesus. And they go, you know what? I'm, I'm going to nail this to the cross. I'm going to surrender this to the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm going to surrender that attitude. I'm going to surrender my tongue. I'm going to surrender those actions. I'm going to surrender what, what I've been frustrated and going through for the last 10 years. I'm going to surrender it to the, to the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm going to nail it to the cross. I'm going to nail those passions there, and I'm going to leave them there. Why don't you stand up with me? Father, we thank you for the grace of God that is always always more than enough. Lord, we're all in this room and we're all facing things that the enemy has dominated us for years and decades and attitudes and words and, 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 and moments that we're so embarrassed by, God. And Father, I just release grace, grace, grace right now strength in life in you, Lord. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, for just, just pure encounters with you and the Holy Spirit this week. Encounters in our home, encounters in our car, encounters at work, encounters where we run into you, we run into your presence, we run into your joy, we run into your strength. We run into the life of God that empowers us to overcome. We thank you that we will conquer evil. We will conquer sin. We will conquer death because of Jesus Christ and your strength and grace. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We glorify you. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your truth and your life. We worship you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Can you get real loud for the word of God, his truth today? Come on.